listening here at Crossroads. Isn't that beautiful? Amen? Amen. Praise God. Take your Bibles with me, if you will, and let's go over to Acts, the second chapter. Don't you love Acts, the second chapter? Oh, you three or four, just stay with me, okay? We're going to get some parasia on you before you get out of here. All right. Father, we come before the throne of grace. Lord, we just thank you for the privilege, Lord God, to be a part of this generation, this nation, to have, Lord God, before us, Lord God, such an incredible, Lord God, opportunity. I thank you, Lord, that you didn't leave us powerless, that you didn't leave us inept. You don't ask for anything from us that you don't empower it. I just thank you, Lord God, for the revelation, knowledge, Lord God, that you're going to go beyond our imagination to accomplish your will. We thank you that, Lord, you reign, and Lord God, you've given us rule, Lord God, on this earth. I ask, Father God, for the anointing of the Spirit, that, Lord, it's not come from the wisdom of man. I pray, Father, beyond what I have in my heart, I pray that you will just begin to speak to us such a revolutionary revelation of your word thank you Lord God for every ear that is here to receive Lord prepare our hearts to deliver in Jesus name I want to look here at Acts 2 I want to begin reading in verse 1 it says when the day of Pentecost had fully come one translation the passion translation said when Pentecost was fulfilled they'd been participating for many many years but it was fulfilled on this day, on this day. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire of one set upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. There were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. Great how the Lord designs things, prepares it. He just brought the nations around to hear what was about to take place. Brought the nations around to participate and the outpouring of the Spirit in their known language. And verse 6, and when this sound occurred, oh God, give us a sound that will occur. The multitude came together. What? Began to draw, the Holy Spirit, what did he do? He began to draw people together. And they were confused. They'd never seen church that way before. Wasn't quite as settled down as they were accustomed to. Because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Oh, folks, let me just tell you right there what the Spirit of the Lord is telling me right now. There's going to be amazement and people marveling over what God is doing in these last days. Then they all amazed and marveled saying to one another look these not all who speak Galatian and how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born 
And if you'll look there, there's 17 different nations and regions that were mentioned there. If you skip on down in verse 11, it says, We hear them speaking our own tongues, the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, Whatever could this mean? But notice this. Others mocking said they are full of new wine. Mocking. Let me just say to you before we get started today that the, the enemy loves to aggravate, frustrate, and separate. If he's got an agenda, it's to aggravate you, it's to, it's to frustrate you, and it's to separate. Now, thank you so much for your prayers and, again, how you showered our kids with such blessing. Went down to the beach in Alabama. I'm going to quit advertising that beach because it's still not highly populated, but it's getting more and more people there. And I like it because there's not a lot of people there. You just kind of walk around. I don't like to be in the line, Sam, when I go to get my cinnamon roll. I, 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 I went there many mornings, and I, I was there before the people were there. I'm just waiting in line, getting ready to get my cinnamon roll. Now it's just, it, it's true. You can tell. So, but as we're down there, I'm, I'm relaxing. We're going to enjoy a wedding with my kids. And, and if you want me to marry you, I'm sorry, Devin and Bella, it's got to be a beach wedding. I'm only doing beach weddings from here on out. There's something about being barefoot in the sand that just brings you close to nature. Amen? Just feel God everywhere. So we're, we're down there. And, of course, we're resting and, and, and playing with the kids and in the water. And Olivia, my oldest granddaughter and I, we're, we're in the water. And the, the Spirit of the Lord just had been speaking to me throughout the week. But we're there, and, and the, other, the little ones got tired, and they went up. Everybody went up, and we're just out there enjoying the, enjoying the time. And the water is rough. It's rough. So we get the raft, a little blow-up raft. And we go out into the, into the water, and we're watching the waves. And I'm like, okay, baby, get on the raft, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push you in. I'm gonna, I'm, we're going we're gonna to ride these waves. Get ready. Saddle up. So we put her on there. We wait on the, the water to make her. We watch the, we're watching the waves, watching the waves. And as we're watching the waves, we, we want to get the big one because we want to go from here to the shore, which is, you know, by the back door. But you got to get the right wave. We tried a couple of smaller waves, and it didn't go very far, and I was getting tired. So I was like, come on, let's get the big ones. So we wait on the big ones. Wait on the big ones. And every time a big wave would come, the, before it came, there was always a lull. There's always a dip. There's always a low place that comes. But on the back side of that comes the big wave. And so we waited on those big ones. And as soon as that wave crashed, I'd set her on the end of that, and I would just accelerate her and all the way to the shore. And as I was doing this, I thought, you know, this is like, the, this is like a move of God. And so I, I just want to share with you as I've been seeking the Lord, as he's just been whispering in my spirit, Prepare this house for a move of the Spirit. Prepare this house for a move of the Spirit. 
Prepare this house for a move of my spirit. Now, we're going to get as far as we can get today and as far as the Lord will allow us, and then we'll just we'll carry on next service, next Sunday, who knows. But as we look at that, I just want to title this message, this series, what the Lord spoke to me, Treasure Beyond Measure. Treasure, not treasurer. I wonder where y'all were. I'm sorry. Must have got fast on my texting there when I sent that over to you, Derek. Treasure, let's take that R off. He is a treasurer. But treasure beyond measure. Now, we'll, we'll talk about what that means, but, but in, the, in the midst of that, there you go, treasure beyond measure. <laughs> How many believe that God wants to give you and open up to you treasure that's beyond measure, beyond your limits, beyond your ability to control, beyond your ability to produce. And we will find this as we begin to prepare, as the Holy Spirit prepares us for a move and a wave of God. Now, these are the premise by which I want to begin to start this, this message out with, and that is this. We were out there, Olivia nor I produced the waves. You don't produce a wave. You just watch in anticipation for the wave. You, you just get ready for the wave. But how many know you cannot ride the waves on the shore? You got to get in the water. You got to get in the water. And the, as I was thinking about this, as I was out there, I was thinking, you know, I don't produce these waves. I'm just watching the waves. And when I begin to look across the church, what I have noticed in the last two or three years uh, is there's been a real deep, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? A real deep trough of, uh, of depression in the water. And it has caused such a anxiety in the, in the hearts of many in the body of Christ. But I'm here to declare to you, I'm here to prophesy to you, I'm here to say to you, there's a swelling wave that's coming. There's a swelling wave that's coming. And it's not one that it's in a distant future. It is imminent. I feel that in my spirit. It is imminent. It is now. It is prepared, church, because the Lord is here. Now, I can't control a worldwide awakening, but I do believe that we can participate in the house doing a wave of God. So it begins to swell. The Lord said, you don't produce the swelling. And I want you to lock in yourself unto this child. She did not produce the acceleration to catch that wave. She didn't do it. I was there. And as the, you, you wait for the, this little practice, save you some time when you get there. You got to get out where the waves begin to crash. When the waves begin to crash, that's when you get on and you accelerate that's the timing issue. If you, you, you try to go too soon, it, you're going to, it's just going to come over you. You got to get on top of that crash, and on that crash, that's where you, that's where you ride that sucker in, but you got to have some, a little bit of acceleration in order to catch that wave. Anybody ridden any waves? You know what I'm talking about? Any surfers in the house? You know, you get on that wave, and you got to have that acceleration. She wasn't big enough, strong enough uh, to get that acceleration. We're not big enough or strong enough. Uh, all we can do is watch, uh, and we let the Holy Spirit, uh, the Father's creating the wave, but the Holy Spirit is the one accelerating us on that wave and that move of God. 
but we do participate. You got to be in the water, and you got to be on the raft, and you got to hang on. Amen. You got to be in the uh, in the water. You got to be on the raft, and you got to hang on. We hang on to the wrath of faith and belief is that God is going to do what God said he will do and we will trust in him. We will watch the wave and we will not get down with the depression. We'll just look over our shoulder and say, oh God, the deeper the suffering, the greater the glory, the deeper the depression, the greater the exaltation. Lord God, be glorified in what we do. Holy Spirit, accelerate us. And I want a way that gets me all the way to the end. Amen? Yeah. Cannot create the wave, cannot create the acceleration, but we must be present, we must be prepared. Now, we're going to a lot of different places today, so just stay with me. I'm just going to share from my heart, and a few of these things are going to come out of this, this text right here. But I want you to notice something. I, I couldn't get past verse 1. As we prepare for a move of God... And a wave of his glory. Does that excite you? God, it excites me. One accord. One accord. Literally means they were unanimous. You know what unanimous, mean, unanimous means in the, in the dictionary? It means they were fully in agreement. Fully in agreement. They were in one accord. They were fully in agreement. Everybody in the room were fully in agreement that we need a move of God. Everybody in the room, my God, I've got about I got a lot of work to do here. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm going to wear my running shorts next week because we might just, you know what I'm saying? We, we got to get, now. you don't want them little chicken legs up here. Okay, that really would be distracting. They were unanimously and fully in agreement in that room. God, the Lord wants to do so much in his body, but he can't get us in agreement. Why? Because we're listening to the voice of the enemy of aggravation, frustration, and separation. And the enemy, is the, he knows what happens because he knows the book. And everywhere you see the church come together in agreement, you're going to have a moving, you're going to have a shaking, you're going to have an acceleration. The very walls that we look at right here will begin to move about, and things will begin to take place come in agreement see this separation is a result of a disagreement I had one I'm gonna call it what it was I, I hate to do this maybe I won't use that word I was gonna say foolish but it, it sounded foolhardy to me <laughs> I had a lady years and years and years ago talk about how that when church splits she said that's a wonderful thing I said excuse me she said, yeah, because they go start another one. And now they, that's how the church begins to grow. You break them down the middle. She also accused me of brainwashing her. I said, oh, yes, ma'am, I am. you got a filthy mind, and I'm trying to cleanse you up with the word. I didn't say that, but, man, I really, no, I actually did say that. Okay, some more of that boldness that was coming on me. Unanimous, one mind. They were in agreement, one accord. Would you agree with me that this world is in trouble? Yes. Would you agree with me that our children 
need the demonstration and the power of the Holy Spirit more than they need the next Netflix series? Would you agree with me that that we live in a world where where the enemy is nigh 24/7 trying to indoctrinate a generation to keep them away from the 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 very the purpose that they are meant to accomplish in God would you agree with me that that it would be nice to send your kids to school and not have to concern yourself whether or not they're going to come home would it would it would it uh, would, would you like to go and sit down and watch a, a, a clean movie and and not look over your shoulder with that person with the dark jacket on when he walks in are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? Would you agree with me that, that this world is not getting any better? It's not getting any better, folks. It's not going to, we're not just going to all of a sudden look around and everything is just going to be peachy king again. Let me tell you, this world is going to hell in a handbasket and they're going in broad spectrum and we have the answer and his name is Jesus. We have the answer and he is the Holy Spirit. The church has the answer. So why wouldn't the hell want us to shut up? So, they had one mind. You may not agree with everything I do. Guess what? I may not agree with everything you do. Well, shoot, gosh dang, preacher, you can't do that. This is a one-way street that we're on. Oh, no, no, no. It's not either. <laughs> but we can agree on some things. We can agree on some things. We can agree that we want our hearts to be filled to overflowing with the marvelous presence of the living God. We can agree that depression is not the inheritance that God wants us to walk in. We can agree that our we want our children and our children's children uh, to far exceed all that we could ever imagine. Uh, we want we could agree uh, that we want to see our sons and daughters begin to prophesy. We can agree that we want to see our old men and women begin to dream dreams again. Uh, we can agree uh, that God wants to restore all of the years that the enemy has devoured. We can agree that we may not understand everything, that we may not know everything, that this great God of mystery is the one that we follow, but he is the one who brings revelation to bring us to the place where we understand all roads and answers lead to him. Treasure beyond measure. Preparing for a wave of God. Now, other translations, the NIV says it this way. Instead of saying one accord, it says they were all, they were all. Say that word all. Why do all preachers want you to say that word all all the time? All together. They were all together in one place see it's going to take all of us together all of us together body of Christ to accomplish the magnitude of multiplication that God wants to bring to this place and here's the thing you have been given a unique perspective on life and a unique gift mix 
and you see the harvest through your lens of giftedness. When you look at the harvest, you look through your lens of giftedness. Let me just give you an example. When we walk into a room and there are things that need to be taken care of. Maybe, maybe some offering envelopes in the, in the pews. Maybe some, some, some prayer cloths that need to be folded up. A person who walks in who has a gift of health. They're going to walk in, or they're going to see those things, and they're going to step over into that, and they're, not going, to, they're going to fold up those, those, those prayer cloths. They're going to put things in order. Why? Because they can see that, because what they understand is that when somebody comes in here, the house needs to be in order, and we understand this is an expression of worship, and what we're doing is important, and we want to let them know that it's important. Whenever you have individuals, you need to have people who have the gift of hospitality standing at the door. So that when people walk in, what they understand is their part of the harvest and their part of the work of the kingdom is to ensure that when people walk in, they feel welcomed, they feel informed, that they are not offended, that we're not, we're not cracking crude jokes in order to run them off. We understand that they're nervous about being here and they want to come in and they need a warm welcome when they walk in the door. You better have somebody who has a gift of hospitality. I don't want a sad sap serving my coffee. I want that energetic person who feels like they have had too much caffeine already. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but you know, people who have the gift of administration, when they walk in, they're looking over the grand scheme of things and they're looking for people to fill those roles and jobs because what they understand is there are more people doing the work of the kingdom the more the work gets done. Thank God for the, those who have a call to children's ministry because they're not just ministering to children, they're ministering to you because they are there caring for your kids. They were all together in agreement. We've got a plan and we're going to execute this plan and the plan is we want the Holy Spirit to move. So we see the harvest through the lens of our giftedness. So don't get so upset when other people don't see what you see. Because there's times where they just are not going to because it's not within the scope of how they look into a room. But see, they're all together in those that were in that room. They understood that they were needed. I don't know that we actually engage in the area of harvest until we understand that we're needed. It, it, it's easy to be a spectator. It, it, it's easy to look and see the church from the stadiums it's how many has been to a football game you're like shoot the gap man what are you doing just run the play go through the line follow your blockers runner but that running back is the one down there in the conflict and all he can see is the ham hawks are the ones that are there and the people are trying to kill him you know what I'm saying? From a spectator point of view, man, it's the easiest thing in the world to critique. 
the people on the field, but I have respect for those that are on the field, those that are running the plays, those that have been to practice, those that are prepared, those that are conditioned, and those that decided, uh, you know, the one thing I wanted to, to have whenever I came off that football field into the locker at the end of the game, I wanted mud from head to toe. <laughs> I didn't want to be the one who had the bleached white uniform. And if I had to, I'd fall in the mud hole on the way just to make sure. <laughs> so as we look here, they were all together. I, I, I can't stress to you enough how needed you are in these last days. How needed you are in these last days. They were in one place. They're in one place. Oh, do not forsake the assemblings of yourself, especially when you begin to see the day approaching. What would the enemy like to do? He'd like to frustrate those from being in the place. In this place. He's there to, you got to be present. You can't ride the waves from the shore. You can critique from the shore. <laughs> you can laugh at the wipeouts. I had a sad moment with my kids this time. The beach, the storms are just blowing in, and the sand was pushing back, and there's decreed this ledge. I don't know why I'm sharing with this with you, but just stay with me, okay? So I'm I'm up there, and I'm gonna step on the I'm I'm gonna step on the sand and, and pull myself up. But I I stepped on the sand, it gave way, and on my face. Thank you for that. Because my kids didn't laugh. They were like, oh, Dad, oh, feeble man that you are. Did you break anything? Are you okay? Papa, come to me. Wheelchair, over here. Called everybody else. I thought, I thought I'd get a bigger laugh than that. You know, fell on my face. So thank you for laughing. I know that I am home. <laughs> I had an opportunity to redeem myself because we had one night with a, we were, our house is sitting on the, I don't know why I'm sharing this. The house is sitting on, a, on, a, on these piers and we're out in the middle of the ocean and there's this big tree that comes along and it's just banging, banging, banging on the pillars of the house. So, and there's two houses side by side. We're all in the water. The houses are built over the water. So we come out, and the neighbor comes out with us, and we go down, and my son-in-laws are talking about how heavy the big, long tree is, and I didn't know that they were not helping me, and I just grabbed it and jerked it out of there, and my daughters were watching, and they were just laughing. I said, y'all, we got weak husbands. Our daddy. They're talking about moving the log, and daddy's the one that moved it. So all of that self-promotion aside, let's go on with the message. <laughs> you got just a minute, let me just wet your... Oh, Lord Jesus. You took 10 minutes in the start, so I'm taking 10 minutes back. Okay. I'm going to talk about the place and what takes place in the place. The place that they occupied was the upper room. Now, in the Word of God... The Lord puts these threads that many times go all the way from start to finish. There's example. The first sacrifice ever made was made by who? God. 
because the skins that Adam and Eve wore after the fall, they did not go and slay the animal, the innocent. God did that. And now you've got the sacrifice, and that sacrifice led all the way through that thread, all the way through the Word of God, through, through uh, when Noah came off of the ark, he offered sacrifice, and that's why they took some of the extra animals, and we see the thread goes all the way through um, Israel, whatever they sacrificed for 1,500 years, and ultimately to bring them to the place where that thread was going through there, and John said, oh, y'all want to know what that sacrifice was in the, in the garden, and what all those sacrifices meant, uh, that happened in the morning and in the evening and every Passover and every Pentecost service and every sacrifice, right there he is. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. But see, each time we learn things, we don't, we don't, we don't forsake the lessons we learn in, in Moses' tabernacle in Solomon's temple. We glean from that because it points to the ultimate. And see, the upper room, if you'll, if you'll look up, there's several occurrences of the upper room. We've touched on that. But there's a thread that runs through the Word of God just to build this beautiful tapestry of how detail-oriented God is for you and I. So we look here, and what we see is this upper room. We see Elijah raised a Gentile woman's son from the dead. Elisha raised a Jewish woman's son from the dead. Daniel prayed. Where did he pray? After the edict was written that you could no longer pray to any other God. And the Bible tells us in Daniel 6 that he went straight to the upper room and he opened the window to make sure everybody knew because he knew and because they couldn't convict him on anything other than his righteousness before God. And so he stands and he prays aloud. That's how he ended up in the lion's den. But Nehemiah, the builders, they began to rebuild the upper room. Jesus shared the Passover in the upper room. Peter raised Tabitha from the dead in the upper room. And Paul preached to Eutychus, preached him to death. Some of you are thinking, I'm glad I'm not sitting in the balcony. Because Eutychus fell from the upper room. To his death. I'm talking about boldness. Paul goes down, raises him from the dead. I don't know if he escorted him back, but Paul went back and sat down and finished his message. You're not going to stop Paul from preaching even when somebody falls to their death. So what we see, maybe we'll just get this far. 2 Kings, the 4th chapter, the 15th, 16th verse. 2 Kings, the 4th chapter. See, there's lessons, and we're going to, we're preparing treasure beyond measure. We're going we're gonna to get deeper into that thought as the Lord leads us. But I want to show you something here. Here in 2 Kings, the 4th chapter, here is Elisha. And there's a woman... Jewish woman, Shunam, and she, she makes a room for Elisha. And he tells her in verse 15 and 16, because of what she's done, she's made room for Elisha. 
You made room for the prophet. You made room for the prophetic. You made room for the apostolic. You made room for the revelation of God. You've made room. I could have traveled anywhere else, but because you made room, I went ahead and stopped here. I could have gone and laid my head somewhere else in some other pillow, some other place. But instead, you made room so I came by your house. I want to say to you, God, it looks to and fro throughout the whole earth looking looking for somebody whose heart is his. God's just looking in these last days. He's going to land because that's what he's going to do. Oh, the dove goes out of the ark and came back when it didn't have any place to land. And oh, it went out again seven days and made a covenant with Israel as it brought back the olive branch. But let me tell you, we found the dove again after it left the third time. And we don't see the dove again until he lands upon the Son of God as it comes up out of the water. And there, I believe, the Lord wants us to understand that the dove flies about to and fro and he's looking for a place to land. The dove is in the house and he's just looking for somebody who will make a little bit of room. So we see, here she made room for him. And he said, because you made room, there's promises that, you have in your, that you've been wanting. What do you need? You want us to take somebody out for you? I got the year of the king. We can, we can put somebody in jail for you. She I don't need any of that. She didn't ask for anything. But then there was a tapping on her heart. And the prophet said, I'm, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a child. She basically, in layman's terms, she said, don't be playing with me. I said, no. But the part I want you to see is this. The Bible says, and he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, about this time next year, you're going to embrace a son. We can look at that as, as, as promises made to, to the church, the body of Christ. But she stood in the doorway and she received the promise now what the Lord has shown me is that she stood at the doorway of the room and she received the promise but the Lord now has taken away the door and has allowed us to become the room The Lord is not inviting us to the door. He's inviting us to be his expression on earth by taking the middle wall of petition out called the veil, that big room that was separated into two separate rooms is now just one big room. And there the promises of God flow through that room to those that are outside that room. They come into the world. That's the intent of God for you and I. He's saying to you and I, I need you to as a body of Christ to come to the revelation stop standing at the door of the room and just become the room and let me fill what the room with my spirit and then what will begin to take place when he fills the room with his spirit those 
that are standing outside. Oh, there's going to be some mockers, but my Lord Jesus, they're going to mock you for everything. You've been cussed out on the highway so many times you don't even know it. My little girl, grandma's on her way. Journey tried to take me out at Walmart. Never even looked back. I was not cussing her. But how many times have you cut somebody off? And they're just... easy to wave. See ya. So sorry. But see, did that physically hurt you? Let me tell you, those mockers will not physically hurt you. Why would you forfeit the move of God in your life as a threat of somebody mocking you? Of somebody scoffing at, I don't know, they're up there in that Pentecostal church and they act like a bunch of crazy maniacs. You seen that preacher's wife? <laughs> she's pretty and she's bold and she's pretty bold. You know what I'm saying? Is that going to affect her? Not the least little iota. Why? Because uh, I've seen her win. I've seen her win. She went to the house of God, and she had an injured knee from a basketball injury, and her uncle, spirit-filled uncle, would call her down to the, to the altar to get prayed for, and she would walk out so mad. I can't stand it when he does that to me. Well, see, there's something about surrender, church. I don't want you to act like me. I want you to act like him. I don't want you to do what I do. I want you to do what he does. What I want you to do is be you in Christ. I want you to bring and to be present. I want to get you on the raft because I believe God wants to move not only to you. He wants to move through you to bring promises to your children and your children's children so that the nations may look up and say, I don't know what's, I am perplexed and I am so confused. I did not know the voice of God, but they are singing about about the Lord in my own language. You have a language that is unknown to, to, to not learn by yourself, but could speak into someone's life. Mm. See, at the Tower of Babel, they were separated because they were not under the authority of God. But then God brings, and they confuse the languages, but now he's brought them back at Pentecost, and he's confusing them again. <laughs> <laughs> but now they understand. See, the Lord wants to fill us. Thank you. I like that. I want you to see we must make room in the room. Amen. We think about the upper room. The upper room is the place between heaven and earth. It's the, when we're in agreement, we come in here, we may not agree about style, we may not agree about music, we may not agree, agree about flavor. You know, not every home-cooked meal is good. You know, it's just all about taste. I had a lady who had heart trouble, and she baked me a cake and thought it was the greatest thing in the world. And I thought, where's the sugar? <laughs> I like a little flour with my sugar. <laughs> Dietetic things, I don't want that. 
See, here's the thing. What the Lord is bringing us is to be in agreement in our hearts. Be in agreement in prayer. Be agreement as we come in here with expectation. In August 13th, 14th, we're going to have Gloria Fajardo is going to come and she's going to minister. And you thought, Andrew, was bold until you meet Gloria. And just a little preemptive strike on you. Prepare your heart. But I've seen this woman moved by the power of the Spirit of God. One of the greatest, strongest services I've been in to date, and I've been in some strong ones, happened on a Friday morning as we were gathered with about 20 people in the house. The glory of God fell and just just wiped us all out. But see, that house was prepared by people who were seeking after the Father in anticipation of that move that still resonating in my heart. We go to Hot Springs here a few weeks ago, and as we go there to preach a, a, a women's conference, we don't, we go, I'm the driver and the catcher, but she, Andrea's there, and she just steps in the prophetic anointing, and the power of God begins to move, and it looked like uh, someone had just dropped a bomb as people are falling here and there and here and there and everywhere, and the demonic spirits are manifesting over and over and over again. Then she, we were talking with Missy, the, the, the young lady that put this on who used to be a bisexual Stripper in her, she had a she had a name, a, a stage name named Spanky. But she got saved under our ministry. God delivered her. She's happily married to a man, and she uh, and she works at Teen Challenge, and she 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 puts on these conferences. But she had her people praying and preparing. And so we just walked into a flow of the anointing because the river was already there. They weren't standing at the door. They became the room, and the Spirit of God began to move. And all I'm asking for you is that we just get to the place where we stop standing at the door hoping for God to guess our promises and just go ahead and let the Lord remove the door out of us so that we can have a free flow of the Holy Spirit so the river of Ezekiel will begin to flow through us into a lost into a dying world. So what I'm asking of you is to make a little room for the presence and the power of the Spirit of the Lord. Make a little room of intercession. Begin to cry out and to call out to God. And when God begins to move, don't be alarmed when the Lord begins to cause crisis to begin to take place to reveal things that are hindering you from being all that you need to be it was in the valley of Edom Jehoshaphat king of Edom king of Israel were there they were in a dry, desolate place. They were in a very low place. God was getting ready to move. So they made a little room for the prophetic. Not the pathetic, the prophetic. So the prophet declared to them, dig some ditches. What? Make some more room because you're not quite ready 
for what's about to happen. Go ahead. See, if you're not ready for a, if you're not anticipating a move, you're not expecting a move, you might just get run off. You might just, that wave, you, you, might just, you might just miss it altogether because you're, you're tiptoeing in the shallows when God wants to get you in the deep. And you say, well, I'm too rigid in my understanding. I'm too rigid in my comfort level. I'm too rigid in what I know. I'm too rigid in this area and that area. I refuse to move. If you refuse to move, you might get swept away. What I'm asking you and encouraging you is to go ahead and make a little bit of room. And maybe that little bit of room will turn into more than what you anticipate and expect. It might just turn into such a flood of God in your life. And then whenever it's all said and done, there is a reservoir built up inside of you that begins to well up and begin to change those that are around you. But see, this is where we don't want to go. And I am closing. This is where we don't want to go. We don't want to go to those deep-seated places that have hindered us over and over and over again. And the Spirit of God moves through the church, but she was unwilling to move. The Spirit of God moves through the church, and she's not prepared for that receptacle of the Spirit of God. And I'm crying to you today on behalf of your children and your children's children. I'm asking you today on behalf of those that are lost and away from God. That the only true and real answer for their life is the Spirit of God flowing through the church to those dry and desolate places. So that when they walk in the building, I don't care if they remember this chicken-legged preacher up here. I don't care if they know who I am. But oh, to God, that they would know His presence. And say, oh God, I want to be changed. God is going to move in your life. Do not mistake God's dealing with you. Don't give credit to the devil. Let me get this arrogance. I'm not arrogant, I'm a preacher. Oh, well, you might have more than you know. That's just the small one. Let's get the big one. Let's get that insecurity. Let's get it out of the way. God, this don't feel good. Well, it's necessary. It's necessary. Let's get that regret that what I should have done, what I could have done, what I didn't do, what I should have said, what I didn't say the lives that were at stake as a result of it. God, if I just knew what I knew now, that's all right, child. We're going to get this out of the way. Why? Because from an unseen realm, I'm going to bring forth the flood of my spirit, and I'm going to feel the houses that have made room for me. And I'm not just going to feel them. I'm going to stay with them. And I'm going to bring forth a revelation that they're no longer at the door. They are the room, and the door has been removed, and now we are together. Because there's generations and nations that are at stake, and it's time. Stand in this house. Father, we come before you.
as a corporate body of believers, Lord. Father, we come before you, Lord God, in this place to commit to you. I'm asking for a public commitment from you. Will you commit with me to believe that God will move in this house and that we will prepare our hearts to receive? Will you, will you, come on, I just need a handful, just need a handful, just need a handful. You will pray with me daily. God, let your spirit begin to move in our hearts and in our lives and in our family. Lord, I, remove whatever it is you need to remove, Lord God. And Lord, I will not give credit to the enemy, Lord God. I will not give credit to the enemy, Lord, if there's a, uh, if there's a crisis that takes place uh, that challenges my comfort, that challenges uh, my old line of thinking, uh, that the rehearsal in my mind of all the regrets and remorse and all the depression that the enemy wants to put on. Uh, I, I'm not going to see that as the enemy doing these things in me, but Lord God, you're causing these things to happen. Uh, you knew that those kings uh, that were over those nations were be in that valley that day but Lord God thank the Lord there was a prophet that went along with them Lord so that they would not perish but they would have everlasting life Lord there is treasure beyond measure and Lord I release it in this house I release it in this house I prophesy over this place that the river of God is going to flow that the river of God is going to push through the doors that it's going to be a tangible felt presence of God That's Lord God that they can repent and be transformed by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ me by the Lord Jesus Christ as an apostle over this house I release those gifts in Jesus' name. I release them, Lord God. And Lord, we ask, Father God, I, I sense, Lord, it's not been a thundering, it's been a whisper. Prepare this house. Prepare this house. Prepare this house. 